2.33 p.m. Today is May 12th. I'm playing some 1990s Detroit techno, as inspired by an article I'm reading here about a science fiction writer named Brunner, B-R-U-N-N-E-R, Brunner. John Brunner. John Brunner. There's a lot he predicted that basically happened by, you know, this was something he imagined what would be happening in 2010. And a lot of this stuff they're showing he, he predicted. Um, I mean, this, this was written in 1968. And so in this article, they talk about how the music that he predicts, let's see, he said uh, that future society seems rather familiar today. For example, it features an organization very similar to the European Union. It casts China as America's greatest rival. Its phones have connections to Wikipedia-style encyclopedia. People casually pop Xanax-style tranks. Documents are run off on laser printers, and Detroit has become a shuttered ghost town and incubator of a new kind of music oddly similar to the actual Detroit techno movement of the 1990s. So... I decided to listen to some 1990s Detroit techno. I gotta say, it sounds pretty cool. I'm gonna give credit to this YouTube channel here. This is YouTube channel Gregor's Sound Home. This is called Techno vs. Detroit Vinyl Mix. Uh, let's see here. This was... Pascra, P-A-S-C-R-A, at Sound Home with random T-H-T. Wow. So there you go. Oh. Yeah. So there you go. A bunch of different stuff. Um. It's saying techno versus Detroit, but I don't know if this is 1990. Anyway, I had this idea for a movie. I thought it'd be kind of funny and kind of interesting where you got this movie where a person is, they suddenly get very dizzy. Maybe they're at a theme park, but they're at a public place, you know, where there's a lot of maybe outdoor seating, places to sit, uh, even things that could end up becoming unconventional seats, seats, things that you wouldn't expect would be a seat. Maybe like a large dog, for instance. They sit on, you know, this this large dog is standing there and they're able to sit on its back and it's like huge and it just, you know, can totally deal with it. Or maybe there's like, he sits in some people's stroller. You know, they take, they, they're holding their kid for a second. He sits in the stroller. <laughs> but I was imagining this character has, they have, uh, what do they call it? Vertigo. And... They're very, they suddenly become very dizzy. But maybe they're with friends or someone who just 
wants to stay there and they got a lot of business to do there or they got stuff they want to do. So they bring, you know, I'm imagining, for instance, if it's a, if it's a theme park like Disneyland, the guy is, because uh, I was looking at that photo that's on Instagram, it, it's a little bit back there. It's back during when Yachtly Crew played at Disneyland. Um, my buddy Lawrence made this picture called Dizzyland. Dizzyland. And it looks really cool. It looks like something that David Lynch would put together. This poster looks really cool. It's black and white. It's distorted. Things are very strange looking, almost like a Nightmare Before Christmas kind of vibe. Dizzyland. And uh, what's interesting was he made that, and then about four or five days later, maybe even less than that, this was during the time when I was at, at Disneyland, uh, Phil, Philly Ocean and I went over to Nicoletta's, uh, Nicoletta and Grayson's house, Nico and Grayson's house. We hung out there. Oh, before then, before then, we were getting off the car, or getting off the van, and it felt like the van was moving, but it was sitting perfectly still. And I'm like, whoa. I said to David Bowie, I'm like, is this van moving? And he goes, no. And and uh, it was just weird. It felt like my insides were sort of they're like, like, like when you get really drunk and you lay there in bed and you feel those spins, that's what it felt like, kind of, in a slight way. Then uh, we went over to, so I uh, still felt a little, I didn't say anything to anyone, I still I still felt a little, like, just a little dizzy. Um, then we went over to uh, Grayson and Nico's house and... I ended up getting very nauseous, throwing up in the middle of the night, being very nauseous, throwing up in the morning, being very nauseous and dizzy. And so that day, while we were dizzy, while we were at uh, Yachtly Cruise at Disneyland, I was dizzy. I was very dizzy that day. I didn't drink any coffee. I ate something a little bit later. I was being very careful with my movements. I was very being very minimalistic that day. And they gave me a uh, the nurse because they got a nurse on hand on deck. Over there at Disneyland. They got an entire pharmacy. I mean, it's an entire land. It really is a village. Everyone's got their own thing going on. Everyone's doing what they're doing. I mean, it's... It's like, you know, it's like... Uh, like Truman Show. Everyone's there entered into a Truman Show type of arena. It's really intriguing when you think about it. So a nurse showed up. She looked me over. She said my blood pressure was really low. And that could have contributed to why I was dizzy. And my theory was maybe I, I'm usually drinking coffee. Maybe my blood pressure is fast because, you know, if you if you drink coffee, they, you get hyper. Well, do you get hyper because your blood moves faster? Is that why? I don't know. I'm ignorant in a lot of this stuff. I need to learn some more. If I truly want to learn about this. I even took a Dramamine before I went up to... Uh, to, uh, to Disney that day. So I found it interesting that here my buddy Lawrence August made the Dizzyland poster, and then I actually experienced dizziness there. So, cut to now with this idea, maybe Diz Dizzyland is a guy who's, you know, he's 
at, at this theme park. People are, you know, he's with his friends. They want to go from roller coaster to roller coaster or wherever or wherever. And while they're going off getting dizzy, he's actually dizzy. He's already in his own theme park ride. Maybe that's the funny thing about it. He's in his own thing. Because when they set him down, maybe, they, maybe they're like, okay, just wait here, Henry. You know, and he's, he's uh, sitting on a seat. And people walk past or they sit down next to him and then strange stuff happens. You know, maybe he gets into a weird conversation with someone. But these things actually end up looping back around because as he goes through this Disneyland kind of place, this theme park, this, you know, whatever it is, he ends up, you know, making it all the way around and, and it maybe even coming back across some of these people or, or you see them on rides in the background or something like that. But, you know, it loops back around. Maybe they mention something and someone's like, oh, I lost my, you know, I lost my uh, my kid, you know, I'm bothered. He's wearing, a, you know, he's wearing a little, you know, this Mickey Mouse t-shirt or whatever. Uh, it looks like this. And can you please, can you please, uh, you know, just help me. If you see him, let me know or something. So I mean, maybe later he sees the kid, doesn't realize it's the kid. <clears throat> or, um, or just little things like that. So we get this idea that he just so happens, I'm putting the air quotes up there, he just so happens to go to this one spot and uh, he ends up in these spots that are just the perfect place at just the right time. Maybe he's there, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, you never know. Like in a place like this, it could be a theme park where like it like in Disney, Disneyland they got these creatures that come that are walking around all kinds of Disney Disney creatures so maybe this is one of those theme parks where there are these different creatures that are associated with some particular thing so maybe you never find out what the name of the theme park is it's called Disneyland you're getting the idea that it's, you know, okay, cool, reminiscing of theme park. Um, they could be in a land. I mean, heck, maybe they're visiting uh, something like, uh, what do they call it? Oh, gosh, what is that? I love this place. Wine country? It's got that dun that uh, Danish vibe about it. It's in sideways. It'll come to me. You know, they got windmills there and stuff. It looks very... Or Dutch, maybe. Um, you know, heck, maybe, maybe, yeah. At this, at this theme park, there are just these different characters that are walking around. So, every once in a while, one of them will sit down next to him, talk to him about something, and you don't know whether this is going in his head because he's dizzy, or is he hallucinating? Is this really happening? That's part of the fun thing. Then eventually, someone he knows comes up to like, "Oh man, that was a great ride!" And you hear him talking about how cool the ride was and. How interesting it was, and maybe it has parallels to the experience that the person, you know, who has vertigo. We never say they have vertigo. Um, <clears throat> maybe his name is Vert. V E R T. Maybe his last name is Vert. 
Conrad Vert. Convert. No, wait. Vert. No, we want Vert to go. We want the Vert. I see the I go part. Okay, so they could say, what do you got? A vertigo or something? Vert. 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 I go. I go. Igor Vert. Iggy Vert. Vertigi. Iggy Vert. Ichabod Vert. Ich. Igor Vert. Vertigor. Vertigor. Ooh, Vertigor. That'd be an interesting name for a movie, huh? Vertigor. Vertigor. Maybe that's uh, that could be a premise where, like, maybe mad scientist he creates a drug or something that makes these people dizzy. They're able to walk. Things are dizzy, but maybe he sets them loose in a maze. They got to find their way out before someone they get killed. You know, maybe they don't know. There's a, a a killer let loose, or maybe it's like, "Hello, my amazing friends." So maybe the maybe the maybe the maybe the the genre is vertigor. I don't know the name of it. Vertigor. Maybe that's what it is. Vertigor. But I like how he calls them my. What? What did I just say? My amazing friends. Yeah, because he sticks them in a maze. Does he start? Ooh, do they have to get to the center, or do they start in the center and they have to get out? Hmm, that's interesting. I've heard that with mazes, oh, you always just stay to a wall. Just stay to a wall, and you'll eventually get your way out. Just stick to a wall. The left wall, the right wall, whatever it is, just stick to it, and you'll eventually make your way out. And I thought, huh. That would be interesting knowledge if someone had that knowledge as they go into this thing. Now, I, I don't know yet why, let's say for this movie, why for Vertigore. I also love the, you know, I still love the Disneyland too. But Vertigore, you know, that's that's great because you get this idea that he's given him Vertigo. Oh, maybe the rooms are built to give even more Vertigo. Like, I remember, what, Universal Studios? Yeah, I think it was Universal Studios on the tour when I went on it. I used to have the season pass. Uh, and maybe I'll get another season pass. That'd be great. There, during the tour, they take you through the Egyptian, what do they call it? The Egyptian, not Egyptian tomb, Egyptian something. I think they... Oh, that's what it was. I remember they changed. Yeah, because some of these these rides, as you notice, they changed to the theme that is most uh, uh, that's most popular during that time. And they once had it. It was like a an ice. What was it? no? It was like an ice cave or something. And they it made it look like you were spinning, but they 
had the thing at the end, it turned, oh, I can't even explain it, but they ended up turning it into like a mummy thing when Brandon Fraser's mummy came out. It turned it into something like that. So then all of a sudden you hear this, and you'd feel, I think you could feel it, but it, it was like the, the little scarab beetles were let loose or something, and they're climbing all over the train. And they turn out the lights. What was it? Oh, what was it? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. But, so yeah, maybe there are things like that. Things that add dizziness to the people. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe they don't have dizziness. Maybe they feel dizzy going through this thing. Maybe the ceilings and the walls and the floors, they move. Or maybe you do have vertigo when you go into it. But maybe there are rooms, maybe there are things that come out. Oh, I'm imagining like the Indiana Jones. Like the, uh, when that gate swings and he sees someone like, and there are spikes on it and someone's just like stuck to it. And, or like the big ball or like the crumbling, you know, like little darts shooting out, stuff like that. Maybe there are little things like that in the whole maze and they, they got to make their way out. That, oh, interesting. This this loops in now that I think about it. I had a dream. I don't know if I talked about this dream or not, but the dream, the piece that the piece that I that I that I was involved with, and I and then I remember, and then I just had this feeling of it turning into something, you know, an extra extra thing was. Uh, Um, it was a room and there was a tubing coming from the ceiling it was like rubber and it had what looked like kind of like a beach ball and at the end of that beach ball it had a little tiny hole so you got the idea that it was draining out And you had to inhale as much air as you could with this balloon and run to the door and try to figure out how to get out because the air in the room was simultaneously disappearing as well. So the, so the air in the room was getting – the oxygen was getting sucked out while the oxygen in this little balloon thing that was hanging from the ceiling was slowly exiting. And there's, I think there was there, was there only enough air for one person or was it, it's basically only one person could figure out how to get out of this thing. And I think I busted through and then he was in another room with a lot of other nefarious activities. I just remember hearing, ah, oh, no, people screaming, crying, crunchings, running, Falling. Uh, I feel like it had like, you know, if I were to make this a movie, maybe we we combine this with uh, Vertigore. When I I mentioned this to someone and they go, "Oh, it sounds like Hostel." I've never seen Hostel. I've seen the trailer for Saw. There are bits of the saw in this, I can imagine. 
So I don't know if these people just wake up in the rooms as they are, kind of like in uh, the cube. You ever seen the cube? Like that, where each of these people wake up and they got to solve, like, okay, what are we doing here? What are we doing? I don't know if it'd be like an escape room type of thing. Ooh, Vertigor. Maybe it's like one of those escape rooms. Maybe that's what it is. He, oh, this is interesting. Check out what's coming through this. Are you there? Are you there? Interesting. So maybe some crazy mad scientist guy builds this whole maze of just these terrible object things that are in there that could kill you. Now let's say eventually you get out. What then? And so that was the uh, that was the other thing I was imagining. If someone gets out at the end, alive, how alive are we talking? Are they missing an arm? Are they missing an eyeball? Are they missing half their skull? Are they barely holding it together? So it's funny for uh, for someone who considers themselves one of the good guys. Uh, I know I can I can make some really gnarly horror films. I don't even like watching horror films, and yet somehow I've been involved with making. T- you are listening to Inspirado Projecto. Get ready. What are your thoughts on Salvador Dali as film producer, using surrealism, both as uh, one who was uh, contracted by other film directors and who eventually use film to uh, progress his surrealist beliefs. Thank you, man, behind the machine for that awesome question about Salvador Dali. Wow. The first time I saw Unchien Andalou was at Columbia College. When I was going to Columbia College, they had all of these obscure films in the library and I had been I had heard about it and then I just checked in there that's where I first saw Eraserhead too it turned out in the library there it was so I saw Unchan Andalou right there and it was magnificent around that time I was reading a, a biography about Salvador Dali I believe it was called Persistence of Memory perhaps and it was phenomenal it was around that time too that I had first discovered the internet, too. Jimmy Lee Wise. From what he says, I was the first one to show him what the internet was. <laughs> but, uh, so Unchan Andalou, and then I'd heard about L'Age d'Or, D'Or, L'Age d'Or, uh, where he worked with Bunuel and the rest of the Surrealists. He also did with Unchan Andalou. And, uh, I remember hearing about this this mythical project that he was working with Walt Disney on that never came to fruition. Well, years and years later, finally, they put together these... This They put together some of the art that Dali had drawn and some of the concept stuff that Disney had already done, and someone had animated it together. It's called Destino. It's really cool. Um, it's on YouTube. There are a bunch of different versions. You can check it out. Destino. Really cool. Really cool. And, uh, looks here like it actually, yeah, 2003, they finally brought that out into the world. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. So, 
there's a novel which was made into a screenplay that he wrote called Babawau. B a b a o u o. Babawua. Awua. Awuyo. Awuyo. Oyo. Babawuyo. Babuyu. Yuo. Babuyo. 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 It looks like he made something here called the Insect Trainer, and they made a video of it in 1994. I'm curious what that's all about. All about uh, Lodge Door. That one, I remember Jimmy Byron first telling me about it, and he saw it in a film class at Columbia College, and I guess they shot a goat. They wanted to have a goat falling off a cliff, and so they shot a goat from, you could see the puff of smoke for off screen. Apparently they shot a goat off screen. Unchan Andalo, of course, is with the famous scene where they cut into the woman's eyeball and they do a close-up. Um, I'm not going to say anything more about that. Just check that out yourself. I am curious about this insect trainer here. Looks like he helped out with the art department for something called Looney Tunes Back in Action. Oh, they used the persistence of memory. That's the famous one that everybody knows about. It's got the uh, clocks and the um, looks like big eyelashes on on rocks, but these that's that's what people mostly know. Dolly. Apparently, they used it in maybe in a back background of a cartoon or something. Father of the Bride. Ah, he was designer of the dream sequence. Interesting. 1950. Father of the Bride. Spellbound, which I believe was a Hitchcock movie. He dream sequence based on his designs. Moontide, Nightmare Sequence Designer, Set Designer, 1942. Interesting. His one direction, the thing he directed was, I'd never heard of this, Impressions de la Haute Mongolie. Impressions, Impressions de la Haute Mongolie. Maybe that's not French, maybe that's Spanish impressions, impression, impression de la haute Mongolie, Im, impre <laughs> costume designer Don Juan Tenorio. Interesting. So here are some of these things I, I just got to check out. I just got to check out. Salvador Dali. He was the one of the first painters I had ever known about growing up, thanks to my my visionary cousins, Dan and Kelly, Dan Kelly, Scott and Pat. Scott and Pat were in bands together. Kelly and Dan were music aficionados. So Dali, they were huge Dali fans. They're huge Dali fans, and they, they're the ones who introduced me to um, introduced me to him. Ed Paschke, he's another one they, they introduced me to. Salvador Dali, I would love to play my dream would to be to play Salvador Dali in a movie about his life I also intend on being 
Alan Abel in a movie about Alan Abel's life. I'd like to talk to his daughter, Jennifer, about that. So, there you go, folks. Salvador Dali in the movies. I don't know if I've ever heard uh, Lynch describe Dali as a as an influence or an inspiration. However, well, I've heard him say Franz Kafka. However, I cannot imagine Dali not being. He's got. To, he's got. To, he's got to be. Got to be an influence. I wonder if Lynch has ever met Dali in real life. Did I just read in Room to Dream? Maybe I read in Room to Dream the Dali. Maybe, I, maybe he did come across Dali. Maybe that's where I'm getting these ideas of Lynch and Dali. Remember one time I saw Lynch and Dali in the same photography magazine. His name was Helmut. 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 I'm Helmut. With the uh, with the uh, umlau over the U. This photographer, he had a picture of young David Lynch with Isabella Rosalini in there. Really awesome black and white photo. And then there was one of Dali as he was old, and you could see he had like breathing tubes in his nose, and he he was saying that he apparently in that photograph he really wanted them to cap you know capture him as he was. So, that's going to be, that's going to be one of my time travels, is hanging out with Dali and the Surrealists, playing Exquisite Corpses. <laughs> Look up Exquisite Corpse sometime. These are fun party games. They're very artistic. It gets the party out of a left brain. You know, if, if you're at a party and everyone's just talking about the news and politics and you're going, oh, God, this is just getting icky. Oh, let's all be creative. Let's create something. You know, and you're tired of hearing people talk about TV, TV, their favorite TV shows, tired of hearing about, talk about what movie they just saw. And you're just like, let's create our own thing. Let's create our own memories. Let's create our own thing. And the next thing you know, you're playing exquisite corpses and wowzers. Man, that turns the room upside down look it up you can do it as both art uh, you can do it as writing I did it with my buddies the insomniacs we call ourselves the insomniacs me Brian Brian Wisniewski Steve Wisniewski those guys are twins phenomenal artists phenomenal philosophers just great great guys uh Brian Steve Wisniewski, Brandon Trapp, Singini Brombit, Jimmy Byron, Andy Smith sometimes, Jeremy Polensky, Paul Sutton, Steve Zabel, did I say Todd Zielinski? Andrea Wisniewski. So, Jeff Littner sometimes. 
So it was the idea was we were just inspired by the beats, inspired by Warhol and the Factory, inspired by the Surrealists, Merry Pranksters, Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters, kind of creating our tribe. And this went on all throughout my times at Columbia College. We'd, so we'd meet over there at the Wisniewski's in their garage. The Wisniewski's had their drum set right there. One whole summer, me and Brian Wisniewski, I just, he was learning the drums, I was learning guitar. Had my electric guitar, I'd just go over there, we'd just jam, 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 jam. So much fun, so much fun. We didn't know where we are going, what we were doing, we just did it. We just went. So we'd read, we'd read, we'd read our readings. Then once I learned more about guitar, uh, I got a four track and I started recording into that four track device and then playing that there at the readings. And I'd miss a lot of the readings because I had rehearsals at the time, but I just loved hanging out with these guys and having this brainstorming, this whole, this whole brainstorming. And then we'd, we'd comment on each other's um, short stories and, and whatnot and... We comment on them, give give uh, constructive ideas. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, then there was Newski's. After I moved here, I was sending them basically. I'd record fifteen minutes in the morning, fifteen minutes at night of when I first moved out here on videotape. This is before like I didn't even have internet. Um, it's recording on videotapes and I had a girlfriend Trisha Howard at the time and so we tried to have this long distance relationship and so I would send them these depressing videos it's just me crying going to sleep waking up you know it's like oh man and must have just been embarrassing. Must have been embarrassing. Nothing was going on. Then I stopped doing that. <laughs> and it was interesting because I was living in Pico Rivera at the time. I was living with my buddy Ray Kim. Pico Rivera. Lived there for a month. His parents lived in like Hinsdale or something in uh, uh, Illinois, but they owned this house out in Pico Rivera. So he had a room, I had a room, there was a kitchen, there was really nothing in the house except just where what was in his room with a little bit in my room and in the kitchen. And uh, it was near Whittier. And I had my Chevy Cavalier teal that I had just bought with savings moved out and wow so yeah I'd go up to Whittier I'd, I'd, I'd go I'd use their internet to send emails still it was still in the beginning stages of me searching around on the internet and uh, I 
I, I was going to this post office to send the VHS tapes. And it's so funny because little did I realize around that time that I had come out to Whittier, 2000, come out to California from Chicagoland area, Carol Stream, John Garside was starting to get little ideas for Max Neptune. And little did I realize that, you know, I'd end up auditioning for him for this retro sci-fi film. Basically playing a character that, I, that I'd always admired growing up, like the Luke Skywalker, the, the, the Han Solo, the Buck Rogers. Um, and going there and auditioning for this and then finding out that he, you know, he, he, he ended up moving to Whittier. I mean, it's just interesting stuff. And Max Neptune takes place in Whittier, future Whittier. So, Whittier, Whittier. Mr. Turetsky, are you listening? Whittier, yes. Whittier, welcome to, chew, welcome to, Whittier, Whittier, Whit, Whittier. Oh, yes, we've got puns. We've got lots of puns and phrases, too. That is right. We've got lots of phrases in Whittier. Puns aplenty. The town of Wordsmiths. Which is interesting, because they, they, uh, they're named after, so Whittier's named after John Greenleaf Whittier. John, John Greenleaf Whittier, as legend has it, he never went to visit that town. So Whittier, it's very interesting that here's this poet, John Greenleaf Whittier. Gosh, so interesting. Greenleaf. His name is Greenleaf. How cool is that? Maybe I'll make a movie about a guy named Greenleaf. Greenleaf. Greenleaf, why not? Maybe a band. Greenleaf. Let's see if Greenleaf is out there. Here we go. We're going to Google this. See if you find the answer before I do. Greenleaf band. Yep, there they are. Swedish band. Is, oh, created as a side side project. Well, hell. Since we're talking about the... Uh, we're, this is going to be a Choose Your Own Adventure. The first three's, three that pop up by Greenleaf. Good old goat. Greenleaf. Howl. So you got by Greenleaf. Good old, good old goat. Apostrophe. Good old goat. Howl, tyrants. Oh, tyrants' tongue. Tyrants' tongue. Wow. Well, let's say, let's go to tyrants' tongue. But no, howl. I mean, that just sounds so good. Good old goat. Ah. Let's. All right, let's go. Good old goat. Because then it, we're we're reminded of Quakers. You know, the the beginning creation of it. All that razzmatazz. So let's hear what it sounds like. Here we go. Napalm Records. Greenleaf. Oh my God, I gotta say, there are butterflies in this, and I was just talking with my friend Samantha about the butterflies that she has in her screenplay, and the guy in this video, 
that they just started with. He looked he looked like one of the Wisniewskis with a beard. So there you go, there's some green leaf. It's actually a funny video, these guys. It's got some black keys to it, right? So the whole video, the premise is that they're looking for a new bassist. And so each of these people are coming in with their uh, various ways of playing bass. It's, a, it's funny. So, so there you go. Green Leaf exists as a band, and they're a pretty good band, man. They're a pretty good band, man. They're a pretty good band, man. I gotta give it to them, man. I gotta give it to them, man. These guys are a pretty good band. These guys, you know, Green Leaf, man, they're a pretty good band. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Running the, running the gamut. From Dolly to Whittier. Salvador Whittier. Hello, my name is Salvador Whittier. John Greenleaf Dali. Hmm. Dali Whittier. Salvador Greenleaf. Salvador Greenleaf. Huh. We might have something there. Okay, we might have something there. Check back for more updates later on. Own, 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 own. This the historical moment of the Divine Dali passed through the self-stricted back of Lydia the Catechist Magical and pathetic of my daily life, the moment of my family expels Dali of the family because belief Catali and Gala is too people completely crazy. But one statement is necessary. The only difference between one crazy man and Dali is very simple. Dali is not crazy at all. Um, so a friend of mine on Twitter, who I knew from Bitstrips, Otter, Otter Disaster, he called himself, uh, I found a video of Paul McCartney singing Hey Hey We're the Monkeys and so I tweeted it to Mickey Dolenz and uh, I said hey something like hey 
uh, I added Paul McCartney. I said, hey, Paul McCartney, did you ever see Mickey Dolenz's, did you ever hear his song from Christmas Party? And it was, uh, wonderful Christmas time, da, 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 wonderful Christmas time. So I put that up there, and then Otter replied, he goes, whoa, now that Peter Tork is gone, he said, what if Ringo and Paul combined forces with Mike and Mickey? And I said, oh, my God, dude, could you imagine? We call it the Monkey Beatles. Monkey Beatles, dude. Holy shit. Can you imagine how powerful that would be? The Monkey Beatles. By the way, 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 by the way, way, way. I want to thank Maria Humphreys for the wonderful intro to Inspirato Projecto today. Thank you all for making it through another episode of Inspirato Projecto. This podcast is your podcast as much as it is my podcast. Oh, by the way. Maria Humphreys, she's from Strong Body, Strong Body, Strong Soul. I made her a theme song. I've decided I'm going to start start that back up again on Anchor, going to uh, random podcasts and making them theme songs and just seeing, just seeing if they put them up there. So we shall see. We shall see what will happen. Strong Body, Strong Soul. Check out Maria. She's also on Instagram. What I love about this is that... Uh, 
Also, check out Clay. Clay. It's you. You know those movies where they call them POV? You feel like you're in the middle of it. So. Check out her podcast. We'll have her on here at some point, too. I think I... You know what? I've got a voicemail from her. I'll put her into the into the next uh, episode. Check out check out Maria's Strong Body, Strong Soul. A lot of great positivity on there. And, yeah, please send me your ideas, everybody. 561-203-9179. That's the hotline. Send it, send it, send it. And I will play it on here. Uh, next episode, we're going to have pretty much a lot of, uh, well, we're going to have, we're going to have some more phone calls that came through the hotline that I think you're going to enjoy. So send me some, send me some audio. I love it. I know you guys are listening. You can also text it to 561-203-9179. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Outcast. Castbox, Tune In, Podcast Republic, Listen Notes, Blueberry, Podacy, Podchaser, Podknife, Any Pod, I think, Podbean, Mixcloud, iHeart. Lots. We got a lot. Breaker. Um, so, check them out. We're all over. We're all over. We're even on your TVs. If you got apps for any of those things, you can actually listen to the podcast if you want. I think it'd be fun if you participated. Send me some stuff. You can also email me some, something at inspiradoprojecto at gmail.com. I N S P I R A D O. P-R-O-J-E-C-T-O at gmail.com Talk to you later. Later. And now a very important message from Christopher A. Ray Here's his email address, www0008 at water.ocn.ne.jp. Customer service hours, Monday to Saturday. Office hours, Monday to Saturday. Director for Federal Bureau on Investigation, J. Edgar Hoover Building, 601, 4th Street, 935 Pennsylvania Avenue, N.W. Washington, D.C., 20535-0001 comma USA They're attaching another email here 
A W R A Y one zero one at mail two that's the number two mail to Washington dot com and now for the very important message Dear Beneficiary We hope this notification arrives meeting your good health and mind. Series of meetings have been held over the past seven months with the Secretary General of the United Nations Organization. This ended three days ago. This meeting was scheduled and arranged by the former Acting Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It is obvious that you have not received your fund, which is to the tune of $10.3 million. Oh, I see. To the tune of $10.3, capital M, parenthesis, end parenthesis, and it says, million, due to past corrupt governmental officials who almost held the fund to themselves for their selfish reason, and some individuals who have taken advantage of your fund all in an attempt to swindle your fund, which has led to so many losses from your end and unnecessary delay in the recept of your fund. For more information, do get back to us. The National Central Bureau of Interpol, enhanced by the United Nations and Federal Bureau of Investigation, <coughs> have successfully passed a mandate to the government of the states. The exercise of clearing all foreign debts owed to you and other individuals and organizations who have been found not to have received their contract sum, comma, lottery, slash mark, comma, inheritance, period. Lowercase w, we are happy to inform you that based on our recommendation, your outstanding contract inheritance funds of overdue payment in tone of USD dollar sign one zero dot three capital M ending parenthesis has been credited in your favor in Clarion Bank. Having said all this, we will further advise that you go ahead in dealing with the Clarion Bank accordingly as we will be monitoring all their activities with you as well as your correspondence at all levels. Note, there are numerous scam emails on the internet, comma, imposters impersonating names and images. We therefore warn our dear citizens to be very careful with any claim email you receive prior to these irregularities so that they do not fall victim to this ugly circumstance anymore. And should in case you are already dealing with anybody, anybody or office claiming that you have a payment with them, you are to stop capital S, capital T, capital O, capital P, 
further contact with them immediately in your best interest and contact the real bank, parenthesis, Clarion Bank, parenthesis, only where your fund is laying, comma, with the below information, bank name, Clearing Bank, attention, Marshall Cresswell, Marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, C-R-E-S-S, capital W-E-L-L, attention, Marshall Criswell, parenthesis, remittance director, on parenthesis, email, here we go in case you want to email, Marshall Cresswell, M-C-C-L-A-R-I-O-N-B-N-K-0-0-1 at AOL.com. Department code 85850. Contact the bank today and furnish them with this information below for processing of your payments slash funds accordingly. All capital letters, full name, all capital letters, current address, all capital letters, city, all capital letters, state, all capital letters, zip code, all capital letters, direct contact number, all capital letters, note. In your best interest, any message that does not come from the above email address should be capital N, nullify, should be nullify and avoided immediately for security reasons. Meanwhile, we will advise that you contact the Clarion Bank office immediately with the above email address and request that they attend to your payment file as directed so as to enable you receive your payment slash fund accordingly. Ensure you follow all directives from Clarion Bank. This will help further help hasten up the whole payment process in regards to the transfer of your fund to you as designated. Also have in mind that the Clarion Bank equally has their own protocol of operation as stipulated on their banking terms. All modalities has already been worked out before you were contacted and note that we will be monitoring all your dealings with them as you proceed so you don't have anything to worry about. All we require from you henceforth is an update so as to en- enable us be on track with you and the Sun Trust Bank. Without wasting much time we will want you to contact them immediately with the above email address and phone number so as to enable them attend to your case accordingly without any further delay as time is already running out. Should in case you need any more information in regards to this notification, feel free to get back to us via email so that we can brief you more as we are here to guide you during and after this project has been completely perfected and you have received your payment slash fund as stated thank you very much for your anticipated cooperation all capital letters best regards christopher a ray 
Director, Federal Bureau on Investigation. Email awray101 at mail2, that's the number two, mail2washington.com. So if you want to reach out to these guys, you want to know where your big money is, ask them. I'm sure they will know. I'm sure they will know.